Conspiring is the nothing personal word of the day. It's Thursday, November 17th, 2022. Conspiring. It's not collusion. It's conspiring. Last night, very late, maybe while some of you were sleeping or some of you were at a concert, an article came out in The Athletic by Ken Rosenthal where there is talk of the Major League Baseball Players Association being very, very upset with the commissioner's office and the owners. Let me give you a background. Collusion is when owners get together in a room, a very, very secret room with padding, always, and a lock, two sides of a lock. There's people who stand on the outside holding firm so no one gets in. There's no phones allowed. Everyone's very, very quiet. Someone then walks in the room from the commissioner's office and whispers to all the owners, don't sign that player for more than blank dollars. And look to your left and right. The only person bidding for player X is team Y. Don't think about what the agents are telling you. We're telling you. That's what collusion is. About 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 20 years ago, there was a collusion settlement where owners had to pay players hundreds of millions of dollars to settle a grievance where the Players Association said, hey, you guys are colluding and it's keeping salaries down. So here's why collusion's bad in collective bargaining and in free agency and why it's not allowed because it has a quashing impact on salaries. And the rules are pretty simple. And for those of you who are going to cut and paste that part of the show where I told you what happens in that room, of course that's not what happens. It's way more subtle. It's little things that are pointed out in the media or in conversations between small groups of owners where they talk about what they're doing or what they're thinking or what they need for their team. Guess what? That happens every single year. It doesn't rise to collusion, but information sharing and information gathering is called due diligence. If you're not doing that when you're in the market to sign a free agent in sports, then you're an idiot and you lost all your money in crypto. Bud Selig, the commissioner of baseball, would tell us during owners' meetings constantly, what are you doing? Why are you signing players to this amount of money when none of your fellow owners were even close? And don't worry, Rob, he would always talk to Rob, because at that time, Rob was head of labor, not the commissioner. He would say, don't worry, Rob, we're not going to get in trouble. Rob, I know you don't like when I talk about this. But let me tell you something, gentlemen. And that's what he would say to the group of owners and presidents in the room. What is wrong with you? Your team stinks and you think you're going to make it better by overpaying for a player who's not going to help you win? Rob Manford and then Dan Hallam after that would get very upset. But it would not be collusion. Why is it collusion when you are figuring out that 
long-term contracts for pitchers don't work. Why is it collusion when you are saying that Aaron Judge had one good year of 62 home runs and giving him seven, eight, nine years at $43 million a year is too much money? It's not. Why is it collusion when one owner says to the media, hey, I think what this player wants is three years, $130 million. A little bit more than what Max Scherzer got. That's Jim Crane talking about Justin Verlander. Why is that collusion? It's not. Steve Cohn, the owner of the Mets, saying to Hal Steinbrenner of the Yankees, hey, thanks for helping me become an owner. I said this on Nothing Personal a month ago. I said it on CBS Sports HQ. I'll say it again. Aaron Judge is not going to the Mets. Steve Cohn is an owner of the Mets in large part because of the work of Hal Steinbrenner. By the way, every owner in Major League Baseball is an owner because of the work of another owner who shepherds them. It's like in a fraternity when you want to join it and you need one guy to put forward your name and make sure that anyone who throws eggs at the screen with your picture on it gets told, stop doing that. You need someone to back you. Hal Steinbrenner having Steve Cohn in the market. Everyone said that'd be bad. Why would he want competition? Having the Mets go for two and a half bill? That's really good for the Steinbrenner family and their ability to borrow money based on the value of their team. The debt to equity ratio. It is absolutely normal that certain owners have relationships better than others. It is absolutely something that comes up when you are signing a player are we okay signing this player? It was a factor when we signed Jose Reyes away from the Mets. Did we know that we were going to make a bid that the Mets did not want to top? Yes. Did we know that we were giving Reyes an extra year than what was being offered by other teams? Yes. That's not collusion. When you say to a player, what's it going to take to get it done? You know exactly what it's going to take because they tell you and you understand in the market because you're reading the media, you're thinking about the leaks. I've told you about purposeful leaks. It's not collusion. For crying out loud, do you know that Major League Baseball legally used to have a department where you had to call in offers that you were making to free agents? We did it very quietly, didn't publicize it. And then we would be told, hey, good luck with that. Have fun. We can't tell you not to do it. We're not telling you not to sign a player because that would be a violation. But we're saying, are you sure that's what you want to offer that player? Yeah, we think that's what we need to do to get him. Are you sure that's what you need to do? That was a Tuesday in Major League Baseball. And owners would rather ignore by the way, everybody who runs companies, everybody with an ego, everybody anywhere, we're all the same. When someone tells you something you don't want to hear, how many of you just ignore it and say, ah, I don't think you're seeing it the way I see it. I don't think you understand the variables and factors that I'm thinking about when I'm making this decision. Oh, I think it's a bad decision. I don't think you should marry him. Oh, but you don't see how good he is when... You're not around. Well, I sort of do. I don't think you should 
borrow money and buy a house that large. I don't think you should expand your business. I don't think you should switch jobs and take that risk. Oh, but you don't know everything. You don't realize how good FTX is going to be. I should definitely quit my job on Wall Street and go work at FTX. You, I mean, I see things you don't see. This happens every day. So an article comes out that the Major League Baseball Players Association is has raised a red flag, has communicated with the commissioner's office that they feel as though the Yankees and Mets may be conspiring to hold the market down for Aaron Judge. Horse hockey. But Major League Baseball has to investigate. That's part of the collective bargaining agreement that Major League Baseball agreed to that the players said, oh, that's good. Thank you. That's a good victory for us. When we, when we mention there could be collusion, MLB has to investigate it. What do you think MLB is going to find when they investigate it? You think that they're in, in a million years. This is too good to be true, folks. You think in a million years that Major League Baseball and the commissioner's office will come out with a report that says, yeah, that's true. The MLBPA got us. There was improper communication. There was conspiring. No chance toilet pants. NGTH, back to back, not going to happen. Why do owners do that? Why do they communicate? Information. I'm going to repeat it one more time so it's very clear to everybody. Due diligence, D-U-E. Do your diligence is D-O. D-U-E is due diligence. This amount of diligence is important and necessary. Yeah, don't worry about inspecting the house. Those termites aren't real. They're stuffed. Why would you want to pay more for something than you have to? Do you think that you and your job, you get paid more by your employer because they want to? Do you think they don't have information on what people at your level and your position get with your experience? Oh, but all the labor hawks out there are going to say, but it's totally different with people who are represented by a union. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, in unions, there are actual, like if you look at the umpires or look at pilots, there are agreed upon compensation scales based on experience, hours in the air, number of years in uniform behind the plate. It's completely normal. By the way, Coco, you may have heard that. Sorry, I was scratching my beard. I don't know if the microphone, the lovely microphone picked that up. Conspiring. It's a big word. What's going to happen here? So MLB is going to investigate. It's going to take time, way more time than Aaron Judge has before he has to sign, way more time than Justin Verlander has when he has to sign the newly crowned Cy Young Award winner. Go back and search articles. If you're, you know, if you have time or you're in the bathroom or you're doing something or you're at work and you're not being efficient or you're one of the 80% of the people who only does 20% of the work, so you're not doing much anyway, go back and take a look at other examples where there is conversations between owners, leaks that come out about what free agents are doing, where they're signing. The entire media industry is based on people who write articles, and I'm not a breaking news guy. I don't write these articles, but we do it at CBS, The Athletic. You do it everywhere. Where are players going to sign? Likely suitors, likely amounts. 
those guesses come from agents talking and owners and others in an organization talking to the media. That's how the guesses are done. You think that these experts just say, well, we've, done, we've put it in our machine and we believe that Carlos Correa should get about $324 million over eight years. Wait, they pulled that out of a hat? They were evaluating the players because they're such great evaluators? If they were such great evaluators, they'd be in the game actually as GMs evaluating. They have information. The media uses information. It is totally normal and not a violation of the CBA and not collusion in any way. Infuriates me to have to start a show like this. Because the Players Association and the Commissioner's Office, there's no detente. They're not getting along because they have a new collective bargaining agreement. This is the Players Association and Tony Clark trying to show its players, we're looking out for you. They do these grievances about payroll. They do these accusations of collusion and MLB gets them and yawns. Another pain in the ass that we have to deal with. In this instance, Steve Cohn is pretty pretty new. He's entering his third season. It's probably his first experience coming off a with the manager of the year, coming off a season where he thought he'd make the World Series, didn't quite get there. He's going to be in year three of his three to five year plan to win a World Series. Thinking to himself, what do I have to do? What should I do? Wouldn't it be great to weaken the Yankees and improve the Mets by taking Aaron Judge? That's not what he thinks. Is he thinking, hey, I'm so upset with the Wilpons because I bought the team for so much and I didn't even get to buy the network, which they still own a piece of. And now the network is reporting things that are being picked up by the athletic that are now being investigated by the commissioner's office. Yes, SNY is where this original article came from, this original accusation that there is cooperation and improper communication between Steve and Hal. He doesn't care at all. Hell, we were the subject of grievances in Florida, and we didn't sit around biting our fingernails, worried about what we'd have to do. Oh my God, you have to improve your, increase your payroll. <gasps> the world has stopped spinning. If Steve Cohn wanted to sign Aaron Judge, this article accusing the Players Association, accusing of conspiring between owners, you think that's going to stop Steve Cohn? Do you think that Rob Manfred's calling Steve Cohn and saying, hey, don't sign Aaron Judge? As a matter of fact, one way to completely avoid this accusation by the Players Association is to have Verlander get more than Max Scherzer and to have Judge go to the Mets for $500 million because all the Players Association is trying to protect against is salaries not going as high as they could go. Another example of the Players Association only caring about the top of the top. What about all the mid-level free agents who aren't going to get crap every year who just go into oblivion, into retirement that the Players Association doesn't care about? It's like they are a big version of Boras. Oh, but they're different now because they represent all the minor leaguers. They care about everybody equally. It's laughable. 
They want to take care of the power. The power is in the money, and the money is in the top end of the class, and that is a tiny percentage of the union. But those are the influential members. Those are the influential agents. That's the way people in the Players Association keep their jobs. So everybody out there who's all excited, relax. There's absolutely zero conspiring. Bryce Harper won the pennant for the Phillies, making his deal with Philadelphia outstanding. The owner, John Middleton, this is good. Is this opposite of conspiring? Is this the anti-collusion? When John Middleton, the owner of the Phillies, says about Bryce Harper, wow, we cannot pay you enough for what you do. Really? I think you're paying him just fine for what he's doing. Probably too much. It's so fun. I cannot explain to you how cool it is to be in the playoffs. And when you're going through the run, you just feel like it's one month, but God, it's the greatest month of your life. And then it ends like that. And then reality sets in. And you have to start pushing the boulder back up the mountain. The Phillies are back in last place in the National League East at zero and zero. But John Middleton was so excited because you get so excited at the thought of a ring, at the thought of having that as part of your legacy, that you win a World Series. And then if you win it, my God, it's just the greatest thing in the world. Did you hear my stomach gurgle just now? I'm not allowed to eat because I'm going to the doctor later. I don't understand why they can't come up with a blood test where it's okay to eat before you take the blood test. I don't quite understand it. I don't like not being able to have a little stipple of something. I don't know how good these microphones are, but it is a total gurgle, Coca. You can keep that or not. I don't care. Okay, let me return. Four, eight, nine, six, two, one. Google. So Bryce Harper... The underpaid Bryce Harper is undergoing surgery to repair his UCL. That's called Tommy John. They won't say it. Dave Dombrowski, the president of the baseball operations for the Philadelphia Phillies, said, yeah, we won't exactly know until they get in there. He had a tear that didn't get better with the PRP. That's the platelet-rich plasma injections. Those are all a joke. That's what you do when they take out your blood, they put your blood back in, and they say, heal, please. We just try to delay surgery, thinking, please, let that work so the player can pitch through pain until they stink or their contract runs out. But a tear generally will not repair itself without surgery. That's just how it goes. Every once in a blue moon, you get a Tanaka. Was that his name? Masahiro Tanaka, the former uh, the Yankee pitcher? who played with a tear and it never really, he never had to have Tommy John surgery. That is the unicorn. Bryce Harper is going to have surgery and you're going to get an announcement after the surgery. Bryce Harper underwent surgery today. There was a repair to his UCL. Um, excuse me, is that called Tommy John surgery? Yes, it is. But when a position player gets Tommy John surgery, they don't miss as much time as a pitcher who gets Tommy John surgery where you're going to miss at least a season. When Shohei Otani had Tommy John, he only missed six or seven months. So Bryce Harper is going to miss six or seven months. He's going to have Tommy John. And the question is, did the Philadelphia Phillies make the right decision? 
and not having him have surgery immediately when the tear happened. Looking back, everyone's going to say, of course, he was the DH. He was instrumental in helping the Phillies get to the World Series. And that's true. But here's the problem. You have to look forward, not backward. You can't look at what actually happened. You have to look at what the probability is of what's going to happen. When you're actually running a team, that's your job. Owners are always going to say, we're in it. We've got the chance. Presidents and GMs have a responsibility to throw a bucket of reality water onto the face of an owner and say, listen, we're in a division with the Mets and the Braves. We have a chance to maybe make the playoffs, but we do not have the team to win the World Series. Our best player, Bryce Harper, is hurt. He is unable to play the outfield. The only way to have him play is designated hitter. But we should have a rotating group of designated hitters because that's the best way to get people rest. It's the best way to make our defense as good as it can be is not having Schwarber have to play left field every night. Let's get him the surgery now, and he will be ready to go for spring training of 2023. That's the prudent thing to do. And the owner says, no, no, we got a chance. And then the Phillies make it all the way to the World Series. The owner says to the baseball people, look at you, you morons. Thank God we didn't have him have the surgery. How great is that? And then we say to the owner, talk about recency bias. Talk about Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, it was amazing. I'm really happy we won the pennant, but we're not going to have him until June next year. And we didn't win the damn thing. And now we have a problem next season because we waited this long for him to get surgery. What would you do? Which is the better decision? Don't think about it knowing what you know today. Go back in time to when he got injured. What is the smartest decision? Not because he batted 349 in the postseason. Not because he was the MVP or would have been the MVP if they had won. I don't want to hear that. We don't have the benefit of looking at what happened. We have to, as executives, say what is going to happen and then be okay with being wrong. The best executives understand they're going to be wrong, but they understand decisions have to be made and you can't just look at the short term, which is what owners look at every single day because all owners, regardless of age, think they're croaking before next season. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's next season. We are in the middle of November. The World Series ended a minute ago, and spring training is commencing quite shortly. Bryce Harper should have had surgery on that elbow. I'll give you a wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen. We did wait to sees with Cy Young. We've done it with all the awards. I'm going to do a non-award Cy Young. They're going to announce whatever Bryce Harper had, but it is going to be Tommy John, I assure you. And then they're going to say, oh, no timetable set for his return. That's a good one. He's going to miss the early part of next season, but then they're going to say he worked so hard. Wait for it. They're going to say it. This is Boris is going to come out or, or the Phillies will come out and say, this is a special kind of healer. He is the Dalai Lama of healers. We'll see him in June, no matter what the Phillies say. That's it. Wait to see. All right, Coca.
What about his old team? How's his old team doing? Do we have time to cover that before we go to break? I think we should. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. It's a baseball question. Get into Twitter at David P. Samson. Hi, David. Hello. Nationals question for you. Do you see how it fits with Bryce Harper? Because Bryce Harper used to be on the Nats. Do you remember that? What should the Nationals do to compete again? What should they do about the unbelievably awful Patrick Corbin? Is Steven Strasburg's career over? Could they still have Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Trey Turner on the team? And should I blame Scott Boris or Ted Lerner for this? That's awesome. The Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019. And here we are three seasons later, 2021, 22. We're about to be four seasons since they won the World Series. You shouldn't be surprised that your team is different. When you won the World Series in 2019, that leads to irrational exuberance. Winning always leads to irrational exuberance unless you've got a team president like me who says to the owner, hey, listen, we don't have the money to do this. Sorry, we can't re-sign Pudge. Let him go to Detroit. But after a World Series, you want to run it back. After making the World Series but not winning, you want to run it back. After losing in the LCS, you say, hey, let's run it back. Why do you think the Yankees re-signed Anthony Rizzo, there can't be any other reason. Why would they want to overpay for Aaron Judge, which it will be an overpay. Whoever gets him, it's going to be an overpay. You want to feel like you want to run it back. And then we're told in commissioners, owners meetings, running it back doesn't work. My entire time there, no one ran it back. Not one team since the 98 to 2000 Yankees has been able to quote unquote, run it back. Because that's what running it back means. It's winning the World Series again. But what we say inside front office is, no, no, we won the division. Let's run it back. Let's win that division again, and we'll, we'll be better in the playoffs. We'll get luckier. There's something going on with the Washington Nationals that is not being widely reported. It has nothing to do with the billionaire status of their owner, who, by the way, is a billionaire, but that has nothing to do with it. He runs it like a business, as he should. And the business has money tied up in an account. There has been litigation going on forever about the network that was started there when the Nationals moved from Montreal to Washington. And a TV network was created called Masson. Masson is a network that is owned by the Orioles that pays rights fees to the Nationals with an agreed upon amount, such amount to be renegotiated and reset every five years. There has never been agreement between the Angeloses, who are the owners of the Orioles, and the Learners, the owners of the Nationals, about what the value of the TV rights are. Therefore, there has been a dispute that has been before baseball and been in and out of regular courts because the Orioles are constantly being sued by the Nationals saying, pay me my money and get me more of it. So the amount of cash that the Nationals actually have to spend on players is way less than it should be because they've got a ton of money that is being held up. So there's going to be a time when the Nationals, when this is settled, get a huge amount of money, current day cash. I'm not talking about accounting, I'm talking about current day cash. Available cash for operations. 
the Masson situation will only be resolved upon a change of control. That is how baseball operates. When Jim Crane bought the Houston Astros as part of the purchase in a very quiet way, because you don't read about it, but it happens inside the halls of justice with all of the X-Men. That's got to be a mixed metaphor. Jim Crane had to agree to move to the American League before he took the team. That's how it goes. The person buying the Nationals from the Learners, the person buying the Orioles from the Angeloses, as part of those purchases, MLB will require a settlement of the Masson dispute. That settlement will be baked into the purchase prices, and then the new owners will start with totally separate entities and totally completed settlements. The Nationals are for sale. The Orioles are for sale. Those deals will get done, and until that time, nothing's going to change with Masson. And until that time, the Nationals are not going to be spending the amount of money on payroll that they could. There is no team that could have Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Trey Turner. There is no team that has the revenue to have three $300 million players. Turner, Turner actually is going to be 250, let's say. He's an unbelievable shortstop. Unbelievable. Soto is going to get over 300 million. Harper already got over 300 million. The Yankees have Stanton at 300 million, Cole at 300 million, and if they keep Judge, Judge at over 300 million, they're the Yankees. The Nationals and Orioles do not have the revenues, do not have the local gate receipts, broadcast revenues, even when the Masson dispute's over, they do not have what exists in New York. It just doesn't work. So they were never going to have those players. So for you to blame anybody for their steep decline is incorrect. That's number one. That's just how baseball is. That's how all sports is. What about Patrick Corbin? Your question is a little different. Your question really is asked, what do you do with overpaid players who no longer can perform and you sign them to long-term deals and celebrate it? When the Nationals signed Patrick Corbin, it was a huge deal. Everyone was all excited. Wow, they got another starter to go with their unbelievable rotation. He was the single worst player in baseball last year. Here's what you do. Release him. It's what the Cubs did with Jason Hayward. It's what the uh, Angels did with Albert Pujols. When you've got a player overpaid late in a contract, it's what the Marlins did with Wei Yin Chen. Even the Marlins do it. You release the player. You suck it up and you count it as a cost of doing business where we went a year too long. Here's the crazy part about the mentality that front offices have. When Albert Pujols was signed to 10-year deal, the Angels knew that the last three years were dicey at best that they were going to be filled with lack of production, and what they were paying for was the first six or seven years. When you signed Patrick Corbin to that deal at that time, you knew he wasn't going to be good at the end of the contract. You thought he'd be better in the beginning, and you got it wrong, but you always knew the end was a problem. But when you get to the end, and it happens so fast, like in Fletch, the very end, well, she was in a coma for months. No, no, the very end was sudden. 
The end comes fast. But owners and executives don't remember how they felt when they signed the deal in the first place because they ignore it. They turn it off like a light switch. They quash those emotions and they say to themselves, nah, we think he still has a chance to be good. Corbin with two years left of his deal, release him. You knew he wasn't gonna be, but you can't. And the reason you can't until one year's left like the Cubs just did with Jason Hayward, they waited for one year to be left is because of you and the media and social media. We all feel embarrassed. We don't want to acknowledge the mistake we've made. But do you think we don't see the mistake that you've made? We don't, you, you think that the media or the public doesn't realize that Corbin stinks or the Strasburg deal was a nightmare? When Strasburg was signed for seven years, 240, do you remember Scott Boris laughing? He laughed at the Nationals, who he had wrapped around his finger like Sting. He was the MVP of the 19 World Series. You got to sign him. He's going to leave otherwise. Good riddance. The best teams are willing to let players walk. But it's harder than you think. Your nationals will be good again, but not for a while. Thanks for the question. All right, when we come back, we're going to review a movie. I had quite a day. I'm doing a double review on here in Levitard today, all with the same concept. We're going to talk about Selena Gomez when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David Sampson, here with Matthew Coca. Please rate, review, tell your friends about us, tell your family, stand up on the mountaintops, and subscribe on YouTube. So for whatever reason, I decided to watch a double feature yesterday of Stutz and Selena Gomez. I'm going to talk about Selena Gomez here. It's a documentary on Apple called My Mind and Me. And here's what I want to say about it. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you've heard of Selena Gomez or know her from Only Murders in the Building or you know her from Barney or you know her from Disney. One of the greatest misconceptions that exists in this world is that famous people are not subject to the problems of non-famous people. I cannot tell you in more certain terms how sure I am that famous people are just like you and me. Famous people have problems at home. They have problems in their marriages. They have problems with their kids. They have problems with work. They have frustrations with work. Their cars break down. They have to get them inspected. Several times a day, they have to pull their pants down and go to the bathroom. They get into bed and wash their face and brush their teeth twice a day. They've got friends. They've got people who talk about them behind their backs. They've got people they love. Their heart gets broken. They have back pain, shoulder pain, hard time getting out of bed in the morning as they get older. 
There is no difference. Everything you feel, they feel. There is a difference in money. More money, different lifestyle. Difference in attention. The attention they get. The special perks they get. All of that is true. And at the end of the day, fame is so unbelievably fleeting and meaningless. At the end of it all, the amount of money you had never mattered, doesn't matter. Because we all end up the same, just like we start. Of course, many of you say, no, no, people are born into privilege. People are born with the chance to be famous or to be rich, or they're already born rich. Some people are born in squalor and they can never escape it. All of that is true. But we all have an arc of life. Selena Gomez's arc, and she's young, has been troubled. She's a diagnosed bipolar who had a psychotic break that caused her to be hospitalized. She has the pain of loneliness, which I understand greatly. You can be surrounded by people and feel incredibly lonely as perfectly stated by George Clooney in Up in the Air. Lonely? I'm surrounded by people as he walks through the airport. That's not how it works. In this documentary, you get a deep inside look at the life of Selena Gomez, and you're torn because she's unhappy, and you can see her hurting. You can, it, it, it's so easy to see the pain, but then you ask yourself, why does she continue to do the things that cause the pain? Why continue to tour? Why continue to make appearances? Why continue to live a life that causes the loneliness? But that's not how it works. How many of us continue to do things that we know are bad for us? How many of us continue to do things thinking that the outcome will be different this time or next time from the previous? How many of us continue to do things that we are positive will result in something different and then are surprised when it's the same. That's how I felt about looking at Selena Gomez, which is people are going to say, just quit the show, quit show business. That'll solve your problems. But at the end of the day, it's about her. You can never escape yourself. That's why we work on ourselves. That's why we go to therapy. That's why we need help. Selena Gomez, my mind and me. It's worth watching. Okay, let's update the FTX lawsuit right now. And the reason that's coming up is it's getting a brand new round of attention because famous people are involved. There's nothing better than suing a famous person. Gets you good attention. Good headlines. Tom Brady sued in a class action lawsuit for misrepresenting to people what FTX and the cryptocurrency was. The Golden State Warriors, you're being sued. I think Larry David's being sued. That'd be a good one if you were. I like that. Shaquille O'Neal, you told me to buy FTX. You're sued. Steph Curry, that wasn't very nice of you. 
you shouldn't have told me that FTX was going to be safe when it was really a Ponzi scheme of crap cryptocurrency. When we were getting rich quick, we felt so good, and then we had no money in our accounts, and we have nowhere to go. It's not FDIC insured. Oh, side note of this lawsuit. Wouldn't it be amazing if cryptocurrencies were insured the way your deposits are in an actual bank? Isn't that the whole purpose of cryptocurrency? Because the actual banks are fraudulent and it's not safe. So you should be in our world of crypto. Where's everyone now? They're in the regular world of lawsuits and courts. I don't think you should be allowed to access the court system if you lost your money in cryptocurrency. If you were stupid enough to take a naming rights deal because of greed. If you didn't understand the possibility that one man would take all your money and there's not one goddamn thing you can do about it. Now, nah, let's sue the famous person. We're going to get all of our money back. So this class action lawsuit was filed. Tom Brady and Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry, the Warriors, they're not nervous. They're not going to spend a penny defending it. All of them have contracts with FTX. All of them have perfect legal arguments where they are not only would have their expenses paid in any sort of litigation, but they're held harmless. They're not liable for any actions of FTX. When you are a spokesman for a company, you are not liable. But it's pretty sexy to put them in a lawsuit, isn't it? Let's sue everyone we can, name everyone possible, get front page headlines, and you know what it adds up to? A quarter, which is used to buy your newspaper. God, that made me sound old. It's not a quarter. It's like a dollar and a quarter now. We told you this week that the FTX founder is holed up in the Bahamas and not in a Holiday Inn Express. He's got your money and he still has it. He's not coming back to the United States anytime soon. And he's not going to be poor anytime soon. The only people who are going to be poor are those of you who lost all your money in cryptocurrency because you're not getting it back. This lawsuit will take years and they will have to scrape together pennies and then figure out which creditors are going to get it. And you're on a long list, like a million of you. Good luck. It's silly that our system allows famous people to be named. First of all, if you listen, when you see famous people doing commercials for stuff, you're okay. Like, you'll buy the sneakers, you'll drink Sprite or Coca-Cola or Pepsi, right? But when investing your money, do you look at a famous person and say, hey, this is a great idea because this famous person did it? That means I can do it. This famous person didn't put a dollar of his own money in, and if he did, it was a dollar that he was willing to lose. It's like people are saying Odell Beckham. He got paid in Bitcoin or cryptocurrency one year, and everyone said, my God, what a genius. How smart is he? Meanwhile, the moron got taxed actual U.S. dollars for his compensation and then lost all the cryptocurrency, so ended up losing money. <laughs> He lost money for that season. And what's funny about it is that it's just an investment. When you take your IRA or your 401k from your company or you put a little money in the market every year, you're taking comp that you make 
and you're putting it and investing it, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's called investing. It's gambling for all intents and purposes, and you're not the house. The house are the Wall Street banks. The house are the insider executives. You are not the house. You're gambling. And when you gamble, sometimes you lose. What, are you going to sue someone every time you make an investment that doesn't pan out? Man, I can't believe I went into the casino and lost my money. I'm suing the casino because they overserved me. I was hammered when I made that last bet. There are magnets under the roulette wheel. Give me a break. Good luck in the FTX lawsuit. All right, we had a wait to see last night on Verlander and Alcantara. They unanimous, unanimously won the Cy Young. Verlander in his third Cy Young in the American League. The Marlins finally have a Cy Young Award winner. How great is that? We always wanted one, never had one. Tonight's MVP night, it's going to be Paul Goldschmidt and it's going to be Aaron Judge. We're going to talk about it tomorrow, maybe. We got other stuff. Wait till tomorrow's show. We got World Cup coming up. Get ready for tomorrow. We are doing a show that is going to go in depth into certain things that are going on at the World Cup, and it's going to knock your socks off. I've got a few things to say about what's going on in old Qatar. Let's end with the pick of the day, Coca. I admit it. Nuggets didn't meet the, beat the Knicks. It's depressing. We're 128 and 110. But we've got an NFL game tonight. I may be done with the NBA, Coca. Did you know Jokic wasn't playing when we recorded the show? I didn't. I'm taking the Titans on the money line, plus 143 versus the Packers tonight. And the reason I am is that I promised you and me I'm never playing the Packers again. I don't care that Aaron Rodgers was celebrating like a child beating the Cowboys last week. Titans plus 143. I guess that's it. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.